Hey there, Jabronis. My name is Charlie, and I'm one of the hosts of Rock Talk, along with my buddy Jordan. First off, thanks for listening. Secondly, Rock Talk can be enjoyed in any order you want. We put out episodes every Thursday. But we suggest that you listen to the newest episodes first, and you could eventually work your way back to these early episodes if you want to see how this whole thing got started. Trust me, the newer ones are better in terms of audio quality, format, and frankly, my and Jordan's talent level. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now, on to the show. Can you smell the cooking? Rock Talk! You're listening to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the movie roles of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, joined as always by my good friend and co-host Charlie Guile. Charlie, how are you doing on this lovely day? Doing okay, buddy. What's going on? I'm doing good. I've got a half a jug of Kool-Aid and some cheese puffs, so I am ready to discuss this movie. <laughs> you have the diet of an 11-year-old. <laughs> well, it's it's gotten me this far. Um, and today, it's very exciting. We're going to be discussing the movie Moana, really beautiful animated movie, and we are joined by a really beautiful person, a guest jabroni, Malik Simmons. Malik, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Let's dig into it. Okay, so we got Malik here. Malik is a good friend of ours. He's a staffer on Capitol Hill. We had you fill out a questionnaire uh, before today, which you did a really incredible job. Charlie, you want to you want to ask him a few of the questions we had on the yeah, questionnaire? Yeah, let's go through this. Let's go through this, Malik. What's your favorite rock movie? We're here talking about The Rock. What's your favorite movie? Favorite rock movie, Deep Cut. Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married 2. <laughs> So can you, you can you elaborate you have, on this? Elaborate. Okay, well, all right. Just to make this clear, we are not going to be doing that movie on this podcast because he's not in know. it very much. It's a, he's not in it much. I, when he I is in it, as, he dominates. I would go as far to say that it is not a rock movie. It's a Tyler Perry movie. IMDb yeah, might every back time. up there. It is an uncredited appearance. <laughs> oh, are you sure he's in this movie? I he is in it. I I promise you, he plays a very very attractive suitor. Uh, it's one of the main characters. And, uh, he does a great job. I think he does a really, really great job. Oh, my gosh. Okay, but going back a little further, what's your first uh, rock experience? So, I, you know, I wasn't a wrestling fan. And so I think when I first found out about The Rock was when he was doing the movies. It was when he was the Scorpion King. And I think it was The Mummy The Returns. Mm. And the commercials just terrified me to know <laughs> him. Uh, the little CGI scorpion thing uh and so whenever that commercial would come on i would try to get the remote and just change the channel as quick as i could it was traumatizing you know oh you're not God. wrong about that i i have distinct <laughs> memories as a child on wednesday nights watching survivor with my family and that commercial yes. would come on yes and it would be the kind yes. of thing where my parents would say turn like turn away like oh, all of a sudden a, a i'd be hand. terrified for a commercial break <laughs> you know you just didn't know what you were gonna see oh my gosh um, okay, well, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is break down uh, catchphrases or one-liners that The Rock has. Uh, what's your favorite one? Favorite one has to be, Daddy's got to go to work. I think it's just a good mantra, um, and I try to have it in my life, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I haven't As reached As do we all. Well, okay, so we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Malik thought that this was just a hashtag <laughs> that The Rock used on his Instagram and not a line from Fast 7. So, And that's, by the way, that's disgraceful but but it is <laughs> it is it is a, a credit to how incredible the rocks social media life is that that's where yep. you know that catchphrase from yep you know, this yeah. guy has fully integrated both his film persona and his real life persona into one amazing being of majesty and so that's malik simmons he's here with us today you can follow him on twitter 
at Malik Simmons. There's two A's in there and two M's in Simmons. So make sure you're following. That's Malik Simmons. And now, uh, Charlie, let's break it down with some news of the week. Mazel! That's fantastic news! The Rock, social media's number one celebrity, according to a new ranking by a company called MVP Index. Uh, the ranking takes a lot of engagement from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Google+. So they add in uh, that week's new followers, and it boils it down to one number. They rank those numbers, and The Rock was number one. Interesting, uh, rounding up the top three, Priyanka Chopra and Zac Efron were two and three, and those are the other stars of Baywatch. Yeah, take so, that, critics. Yeah, <laughs> Baywatch, not doing so hot with the critics or at the box office, but, you know, they're nailing it on social in media. In other factors. Yeah. Is a win. Other than that, Rampage continues filming. They're they're uh, filming this weekend in Chicago, and so they had to shut down a lot of the streets downtown Chicago. Also, this has nothing to do with The Rock, but just because uh, Jordan is in love with Amanda Bynes, uh, she gave her first interview in four years. Woo! <laughs> Go get him, Amanda. Uh, and she's returning to acting. That's you know, absolutely Jordan's probably right. very excited about. Yeah, you know what? Amanda, don't listen to the haters. I know you're a big fan of this show. Just get get back up there. You were great in Hairspray. You were great in What a Girl Wants. Well, we're going to do another podcast about <laughs> Amanda Vines when we wrap this one up. Right. Spoiler alert. Stick with us through the next 25 <laughs> movies because we're doing Amanda Vines <laughs> after. No. Uh, but yeah, that's the news. And so we should probably just uh, start breaking down this movie. That has got to go to work. This is a 2016 animated musical Disney movie. It's The Rock's second animated movie after 2009's Planet 51, but arguably uh, a much bigger hit, much bigger cultural touchstone. And the music was actually done by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and that's before Hamilton uh, really took off. So it's kind of a cool side note to this film, and you can definitely hear the influence in the music throughout but let's break down who The Rock is playing, who Dwayne Johnson is. He's Maui, tattooed demigod of the wind and sea. Might as well be just a description for Dwayne Johnson in his daily <laughs> <Right>. life. <laughs> who else could you get to play that part? No, There's one that, person on that list. It his begs, it begs Johnson. it. This was, this was a role that he was always going to play. But basically, this film tells a story of Moana. She's a strong-willed daughter of the chief of a Polynesian tribe who has been chosen by the ocean itself to reunite a mystical relic with a goddess. And then when a blight strikes her island, killing the fish, killing the coconuts, Moana sets sail in search of Maui with the hope of getting his help to do this quest and save her people. Listen up, folks. (laughs) This movie is an animated feature, but don't get it twisted. It's no Toy Story 3. It's no... Mulan. This is not a movie that the parents are going to enjoy as much as the kids... There's not as much fun, like, in-jokes for the adults. This movie, I have to say, kind of drove me nuts. It felt like it was a mixture of The Lion King and five other Hercules. Like, the scraps of every other Disney movie ever made put into one, wrapped up in a package, put out there to to fester. I don't know. (laughs) This movie is good if you're a a dumb little child. That's what this movie is good for. It's almost as if this movie uh, was made for children. <laughs> We're not going to agree on this. And spoiler alert, when we get to the end of the podcast, this might be my favorite rock movie, non-Fast and Furious mm. category. Says a lot about you, Guile. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed the music. I thought the animation was gorgeous. I mean, the water 
was so good, almost photorealistic. To me, the music was so much different than what you get from a lot of animated Disney musicals. Right. Uh, what'd you think, Malik? I'd have to echo Charlie on that one. I think it was very entertaining. The visuals were just stunning. I think there were times where it almost seemed photorealistic. The music, pretty good. I'm not a big musical guy, not a big Disney guy, um, but I thought they were pretty entertaining uh, musical selections. I'd have to put it near the Mulan. I, I, I thought it was a really entertaining movie. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd rather watch Moana than Mulan. Oh, my God. That's two strikes for me on this podcast. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Listen up, folks. The music in this film, amazing. Not going to lie. I have been singing this. We have Before we started recording, I'm still singing the rock song in this movie. But three or four times in this movie, I had to ask myself what the heck was going on. Pause it. Go to Wikipedia. Yeah, that's a real. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's real... a concern. Weak point, I think. But, yeah, the but, plot. Yeah, you mean the story? Yeah, it's it's all right. It's more complicated. The plot is way more complicated than most Disney movies. Most yeah. Disney movies are pretty easy to track, and on a basic level, you do know that. Okay, the end goal is that Moana defeats the lava demon. So uh, the other stuff isn't as important, even if you don't have a whole picture of what's going on you can still enjoy it i don't know so let's just get down into it uh, let's start with act one and basically i know we've kind of told you the the general plot but there is a like an introductory story that basically sets out how this movie works and and what yeah, it's like a prologue mm-hmm, and, and who maui is and everything so i think that maybe we should just play that in the beginning there was only ocean until the mother island emerged. Fiti. Her heart held the greatest power ever known. It could create life itself. And Tefiti shared it with the world. But in time, some began to seek Tefiti's heart. They believed if they could possess it, the great power of creation would be theirs. And one day, the most daring of them all voyaged across the vast ocean to take it. He was a demigod of the wind and sea. He was a warrior. A trickster. A shapeshifter who could change form with the power of his magical fish hook. And his name was Maui. <laughs> but without her heart, Tefiti began to crumble, giving birth to a terrible darkness. escape, but was confronted by another who sought the heart. Hika, a demon of earth and fire. Maui was struck from the sky, never to be seen again. 
his magical fish hook and the heart of Tefiti were lost to the sea. So that's the intro. Uh, you basically, you know, we, we fast forwarded 2,000, 1,000, 2,000 years from that origin story. We, we find 16-year-old island princess Moana and her tribe. They're struggling on this blighted island. There's no fish. Palm trees are no longer bearing coconuts. Uh, and unbeknownst to Moana, and we see this in a very brief scene, she's actually already discovered uh, Tafiti's heart uh, on the beach as a child. So she she has this heart that Maui tried to steal and Teka, the big demon of fire, wants to get. That's kind of where this movie drops you off. Uh, her grandmother tells her the story of how her people used to be voyagers setting sail to discover new islands. Uh, and then her grandma dies and Moana knows what she has to do. Set out to find Maui to help her defeat Taka and to give Tafiti her heart back and restore prosperity to her island. Jordan, uh, do you have any thoughts going through this first act? For the first eight minutes of this movie, Moana is a, a literal one-year-old baby. And she is being left to her own devices, like wandering around the beach and in the ocean. And that's how she gets this little ocean heart off the start, is that she is just alone on the beach What's the deal with that? Not a not a fan of the parenting <laughs> choices. Yeah, she's like at the coast. She basically almost drowns. It's like one of three scenes in this movie where she almost drowns. I mean, this is the princess of the island. <laughs> like this is literally the next in line. Where, the why most is... important person, arguably, on this island is wandering as a baby. And the only <laughs> the only person animal situation that's even near her at this moment is a little pig. Like it's like I her, like the little pig. It's basically her dog. But that's like who is keeping an eye on her is this little pig. You know, um, that's just the you – know, that's what they do on this island. You don't really? – the pigs do the parenting. <laughs> uh, Malik, what would you think about Act 1? I thought it was good. There's the scene where the water – we first see that the water is, is possibly alive. Oh, yes. That was a little yes. disturbing. And, and there's just sort of some logic and rules to that, that it doesn't quite make sense. So maybe we can get into that maybe now or later, but... Uh, no, we can that, get into it now. No, we're going to dig this into is that. Like, that I, I feel like so many of the problems in this movie could have been solved by the water helping her out. It does in certain It could have been a much shorter movie because the water <laughs> could have just gotten her to these places and right. it would have been done. Why but did Moana have to go through tests? Like she could have just sailed the boat directly to where she had to go. Well, there's multiple times where she falls off a raft and you think she's going to drown or something and the water lifts her back up, back up onto the raft. There's an extended, I think, sequence. Maui's just murdering her. Yeah. Through- <laughs> uh, throwing her into the water and the water is like, no, we're going to keep her alive. Yeah. This is later on, but we can jump to it now. The big lava demon. Hey, dummies, you know what beats lava? Water. Yeah. And end, end of movie. Fact, That's it. Fact, <laughs> Moana says this, says, oh, I figured it out. The weakness is the water. <laughs> but I got I have to get close to him so that he puts his hand near it. And then the splashes. Well, if the water can splash itself, yeah. right. why don't well, we just get a big wave? Moana didn't even need to be in this movie. No, no. But it should be Disney's The Wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, if we're led to believe that the ocean is self-aware, the ocean could have delivered its own heart. The ocean could have defeated yes. the fire demon in five seconds. Yeah. Um, but let's... The ocean was... can't sing, so it wouldn't have been a musical. That's a good point. Uh, one thing I want to get back to is they're showing like what life on the island is like. Yeah. And at one point, we see somebody getting a tattoo in some like disgusting hut uh, with like bamboo <laughs> utensils. In a graphic oh, way yeah. as well. I this like... was a very up-close and personal scene. 
that's not okay to be telling children, hey, you can get a tattoo anywhere. Don't worry about the health effects of whatever dingy tattoo parlor that you see. I also wish that we knew what that tattoo was. It was very just the first line of a tattoo, which I think was the joke was this dude was in so so much pain from like the first hit of a tattoo. But he but like, give me some. You're right. It was very, very. It was a for, like, they, like that's like a 45 second scene, which is why it sticks out to me. And it yeah. wasn't just like a throwaway moment. All right, so th- okay, we could stay on Act One forever, but we need to get to the the meat of this movie, and that is Act Two, uh, where Moana has set sail from her island. Her grandma has died and said, "You need to go and you know find, be like your ancestors. You were chosen by the ocean." Uh, you know, go deliver the heart. So she sets sail, and this is when we we find out that she has set sail not alone, but with this nasty, bug-eyed, suicidal, <laughs> stupid little chicken. Despite the fact that we've been led to believe that the pig is going to be like the animal companion, no, she's going to be with this horrible chicken. Basically, they're on this boat. A storm hits, confusing that the well, I guess the storm. I'm still I'm still having issues with the logic of the ocean. But a storm hits. <laughs> Moana washes up on an island. And just so happens that Maui happens to be on that island. So this is our first real Dwayne Johnson sighting. Yeah, and uh, we get a nice song from Maui. And he says that he he can't help Moana because he no longer has this fish hook. And besides, uh, the heart would only attract monsters. And despite her terrible navigating skills, Moana decides to find Tafiti herself. She's almost immediately attacked by pirates. But Maui comes to the rescue and agrees to help her in her quest. First, she must help him find his fish hook, which is in Lelotai, the realm of monsters. So there's so much that happens uh, in in this this act. First and foremost has to be Maui's song. I have to say, I found it incredibly catchy. Yeah, let's let's give a snippet. This song rocks. I see what's happening. Yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable Well, it's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod When you're staring at a demigod What can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demi-guy. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? You're <laughs> looking at him, yo. Oh, also I lasso the sun. Welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also, I harness the breeze. You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome for the islands I pull from the sea. There's no need to pray, it's okay. You're welcome. I guess it's just my way of being me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, come to think of it, kid, honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was Maui just messing around. I killed a eel, I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been, I make everything happen. Look at that, me, mini Maui, just look at that. 
It's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, hey it's hey, your day to hey, say hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Cause I'm gonna need that boat. Hey, I'm sailing away, away. You're welcome. Cause now we can do everything but float. It's amazing. I actually think that Dwayne Johnson did a pretty good job. He's he's very clearly stretched to his audio limits in this song, but I actually think his vocal performance is pretty good, given that I don't think I've ever heard him sing before. Yeah, I mean, well, we did get like a little clip and pain and gain of him singing. You That's know, right. The choir. The, yeah, the choir. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I think he did. You know, you put him in a studio with some sound engineers and, and you. And yeah, you can Disney get some... magic comes through. And I think it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had good material to work with. You know, that's a really catchy song. Lin-Manuel Miranda is right now like the best in the biz at doing that kind of thing. And uh, it's pretty cool. And, you know, while this song is happening. All of his past exploits are animated on his chest and, and his tattoos and basically acts as his conscience. It's pretty cool. Right. I'd say the animation borrows heavily from the Hercules on the pots. The, yeah. So, I, again, I think Disney really was just pulling from the barrel. But you, but, the, but it's done well. Yeah, and yeah, so many look, Disney movies borrow well. from other Disney movies. I don't know why this one makes me so angry. <laughs> it's probably because you watched it for the first time as an adult. What was the last Disney movie that you saw as an adult for the first time? Frozen. Amazing film. See, I didn't love Frozen. Oh, good lord! See, I could that movie at least the songs. I think that this song, the songs in this rival Frozen. I think that they're oh, right I think up they're there. better. Um, but uh, I, this, I actually have a question about this song, though. And so, as you could hear, Maui is saying, I grabbed the sun. I helped with... He's basically saying everything that I helped with. I don't even know. I helped with the ground, the the moon. I don't even know. Maui... Yeah, I, br- I brought you the breezes. Did he? Did he? Or is this... Like, I'm so confused if this is... If these are real things he did, or if this is just him beefing himself up because he likes to feel oh, like wait. he's the big wait. guy. In the beginning of the movie, she says he's a trickster, so we don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, I don't think we know yet until later in the movie, but I do think it's interesting. He sort of has a line where he says, you know, you're welcome, and I'm doing this, and it's just because it's me. Um, because I think later in the movie, they sort of explore whether that was his real motivation, just because he's this nice guy, or whether there was something else there. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's portrayed in like the prologue as uh, kind of a bad guy, or yeah. at least selfish. And egotistical, and he kind of goes through this character arc. Or at the end of the movie, he becomes uh, he he acts outside of himself. Yeah, he definitely grows. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Mally for sure. Grows. And you, you don't get that in that many of the rock movies that at least we've been through so far. <laughs> no, uh, he's pretty much like one note in so many movies. One of the things I noticed is I made time note of when we first saw Maui. It takes thirty-seven minutes. He's second build in this movie, and you have to wait thirty-seven minutes to see him yeah it, and it couldn't have come soon enough because this movie is a snore fest up until the rock shows up people <laughs> this to me the movie picks up right here for the next the next 30 minutes of this movie i think are are great are wonderful the pirate fight i think is awesome it, which yeah. is, it's pirate all coconuts by the way which is nuts we haven't even discussed that they're pirate coconuts out. yeah we never really find out what they are they're just like anthropomorphic magical yeah, yeah it, it, I don't think there's an explanation for that. But Malik made a good point while we were watching it. It's like I, it's an homage to Fury Road. Yeah, that's cool. I think so. Yeah, yeah they. Had I, that, I, yeah, yeah. I got sort of that vibe to it. 
um, especially with the big giant drum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gave me some flashbacks to the uh, fire guitar guy. Yeah, from Mad Max. That that scene, I think the pirate scene though, but that like really to me kicks off a lot of the fun in this movie, which leads into Act Three at the beginning, where Moana and Maui are traveling to Lelotai. I'm not I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly, um, but they're trying to retrieve. Maui's fish hook, and that's where they confront Tamatoa, a treasure hoarding giant crab. It's a brilliant scene. They defeat him, after which they then sail to defeat Teka, the fire demon. Uh, Maui's easily defeated. The rock gets blown out. His fish hook is badly cracked. Uh, so Maui pieces out. He's done with Moana. He's saying, if the ocean, the ocean chose wrong, you're not going to be able to save your island. Which is when this movie takes to me. This is now when the movie takes a weird turn. This is I got very upset around this part. This is when ghosts what? come out. Charlie, you you go ahead and take I, this part. I got upset around here. <laughs> this part is when I all logic to me. I I could believe up until now. You could believe that the ocean behaves in an almost human manner. Yes, up uh, until this moment where suddenly we're introducing full on ghost status. To me, there's no more rules. The minute this. The minute okay. This sequel well, happens. we haven't talked about it, so let me let me break it down. Moana's grandma appears on her raft as a ghost and reassures her that the ocean made the right choice. She can save her her people. So this is where Moana kind of bucks up before she was kind of defeated, and now she finds a, a, a new purpose in herself. I don't need Maui. I can go take care of this myself. So using her navigation skills, Maui sails back to Takata's island, and uh, at the last minute, Maui returns and distracts Takata so that Moana can return the heart to Tafiti. But she discovers that Takata is just Tafiti without her heart. She returns it, and uh, Tafiti regains her goddess form, which is a mountainous island, and Tafiti gives Maui a new fish hook after his was destroyed in the battle. Uh, and then Moana returns to her island, and her, vig- uh, her villagers go back to their ancient ways of exploration. So... Maui, rather than being this loner that he sort of portrayed the whole, this whole movie, you know, a trickster shapeshifter, he becomes more social and joins in with this island and helps them in their exploits. And that's the end of the movie. All right. So there are several things we need to get through in this act. <laughs> First thing is the Can we start obvious. with something good? The crab? Okay. Yeah, let's start with the crab. I love the crab scene. So played by, uh, is it Jermaine Clement? From, yeah, Jermaine uh, Clement. From, from Flight of the Concord. Uh, Brilliant job. This is, I think he's probably the funniest character. His song is so much fun. The setting here, this Lalo Thai little like hall of monsters or whatever, I thought was so beautifully designed with the, the glitter and the way that the bioluminescence was shining on him, on yeah. his face. Like this to me is, is, was the greatest combined singing and animation and voice acting in the film. The song is really great. And it almost as even sounds like a flight of the Concord song. It's really cool. You know, he's not in it very much, but I would say that Jermaine Clement kind of steals the show. Yeah, this this scene is 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 remarkable. And and I actually so I was having issues with this movie and I turned it off pretty quickly at the end. But but Malik, you mentioned that there was a post credit scene, right, where the this crab actually comes back right at the end. Yes, and he, he references Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. Um, and he I think he's in a situation where he's on his back. No one's helping him. And he looks at the camera and he says, uh, you know, if I had a Jamaican accent and I had a friendly uh, mermaid friend, maybe you guys would help. Me. <laughs> which which raises some real questions here. This like, combined universe between these Disney movies. I think so. It's, think a good, so? it's a good question. And I think you're probably right in the sense that if this this crab knows I would be well, I would welcome a sequel 
with just the crab? Yeah. Or a TV show? A crab spinoff. I want a crab spinoff 100%. Just like a buddy cop movie with Sebastian and Tomatoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even though they're yes. two, like, different sizes. I can poke a lot of holes in the theory that they're in the same universe because I could not figure out when this this movie takes place. Is it current day but isolated? Is it in the past? If so, how far in the past? And so I did a little research and I came up with maybe an answer. When this movie was first announced, Disney said they said that it happened 2000 years ago. Now, I understand that things can change during production. Uh, They don't really reference it in the movie that I caught. So the only information we have to go on is that this happened 2,000 years ago. I kind of I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I, I, and I like how the movie starts off with us already having to go 1,000 years into the future just to get to present day in the movie. So yeah. I kind of – I buy this movie as happening 2,000 years ago. I, I like that. But then uh, how does that jive with Tomatoa says after the credits about Sebastian? How does he know about Sebastian? Ooh. This is the one, I mean. Social networking under the, <laughs> under the waves. Under the sea. Under the sea, Malik. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a glitch in the logic. Some YouTuber came up with a fan theory. And his fan theory states that Tomatoa is actually Ursula from The Little Mermaid reincarnated. Which, you know, on its surface makes a little bit of sense. She was like an eight-legged monster thing. Crabs have eight or ten legs or how many ever. Still, the timeline doesn't make any sense. By all indications, this movie happened way before The Little Mermaid. Because in The Little Mermaid, it's like during 1800s. Yeah, they sail. Right, there's, yeah. the, there's a Failer, boat. There's castles. Yeah, there's there's boats. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, and so we'll wait for an answer from Disney. Uh, as soon as they hear this podcast, I'm sure they'll be <laughs> right back to us. Um, but I need to, okay, I have to, I need to, I mentioned the ghost stuff. I need to talk about the ghost. I have to get it out. Okay. <laughs> this is what drives me crazy about this scene. First of all, it's an obvious ripoff of Mufasa in The Lion King when Mufasa is speaking to Simba as Simba is an adult and Simba is doubting his abilities and has to go to the final scene of the movie where he fights and saves the whole thing. Fine. I get that Disney is taking all their stuff and just repurposing it. But here's what I don't like. In The Lion King, Simba's looking up at the stars. That might as well have just been an internal dialogue Simba was having with himself. That's the, Anyone can relate to that. That's a, an internal struggle. That's personal growth. That's hearing the lessons of your father and your ancestors before you. In this movie, this grandma sails up on the back of a manta ray, and she's all ghosted out. Oh, and, and they hug, which I also don't understand. Is she a physical being? Is she – they hug I mean, yeah, she's a solid material, it would seem, which is odd. Okay, yes, (laughs) I get that. But one of the really unique things about this movie is that so much of so much of this movie is taken from Polynesian mythology. So when you're comparing it to other Disney movies that have similar themes, cultures sometimes, even though that they're isolated, they develop in parallel ways. And so their mythology even though it may not be completely the same, a lot of the themes can be. So I don't, I don't know. I don't buy that. Uh, well, who's to say that uh, Polyne- Polynesian ghosts aren't more <laughs> solid than, than other types of ghosts? And yeah. I think there was, in sort of the macro level with the movie, I think there was a push to be representative. Okay, okay. I mean, I can accept that. I can accept that. Uh, and before we move into our final thoughts... I just want to get your both of your takes on that that last fight, um, and when we see Moana return the heart to Tafiti, uh, which we discover is just the fire god Takata uh, without her heart. So in essence, she just gives the fire god her heart back. 
and that is what ends this movie. So I just, what, you are, your, mean, what are your thoughts on that? You mean when Moana becomes Moses from the Old Testament? <laughs> oh and she my parts God. the ocean? <laughs> which the ocean isn't that deep there, I guess, because it's like pretty shallow. It must be on a sandbar or something. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie has been leading to this point. Obviously, it can't be too violent or anything. So, yeah, I thought it was fine. You know, uh, Maui is distracting Taka and so that Moana can sneak up on it, I guess. See, for me, my issue here was by by this point, I didn't really understand what else was going on. Like, I knew they had to defeat this monster. I, di- I forgot why they were giving the heart. I f- didn't understand why Maui was still there. Like, I couldn't remember that the point of this whole movie is for her to save her island. Like, I for- like there's at this point, there's maybe one too many plot lines right here at the end. And I kind of I kind of lost it right at the end here. I didn't really track every single thing. I mean, I think there was a couple of times I looked over at Malik and was like, why do they care about that heart again? I'm not <laughs> sure. You know, much simpler idea would be that Teka was the one putting the blight on the island. And if you they defeat right, you Teka. defeat Teka and suddenly the island's okay. Not, oh, you have to restore the heart mm-hmm. of one god to overtake the, the monster. I don't know. But I mean, as far as like the Rock's character goes, I actually really enjoyed it. I think that he was probably the second best part of this movie after uh, The Crab. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if this movie does not have uh, Dwayne Johnson's character, it, it's going to be a real slog fest. Uh, he invigorates it. He, you lose a lot of that physicality and that, that emotive expression that Dwayne Johnson's able to put into so many of his movies, but you still get you still get a lot out of his voice. I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, and, and with that, I think that we should just move right into our final thoughts and superlatives. The Rock says, we seem to have developed a little pattern here. And that pattern is that every single week you come out here and you run your mouth. Malik, I want to I start with you. And, and what do you... Where does this stack up for you for, for movies that Dwayne Johnson's been in? Where, where's, I know it's no Tyler Perry's I don't even know. Why did I get married too? Why did I get married too? Why did I get married too? Territory. I thought it was an entertaining movie. Uh, I I really liked the visuals. I think The Rock, like you said, was was kind of a shot in the arm um, in certain parts where the movie felt like it was a little bit of a slog. I really got the impression, and it really shined through, that he's second billing in the movie. I wouldn't necessarily even describe it as a rock movie. Mm. But I would say that it, I would say that it's a, it's an entertaining nonetheless. I, I thought so too. Uh, one of the things about characters look, I actually think in real life he looks more like a demigod <laughs> than he does in animated form. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. You know, he looks like an action figure in real life, and in this, it's like, yeah, obviously he's huge. Yeah, they somehow me, made him less impressive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm just reading through some of the IMDb trivia here. A couple of little gems. Uh, the genie's lamp from Aladdin can be seen on Tamatoa's shell. Ooh, so, I like that. Yeah, that's I, not so hard to believe. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda said that Tamatoa, the crab, is a tribute to David Bowie. So mm. I was right about that. Definitely, definitely see that. Oh, we didn't talk at all about when the rock changed into the shark. Oh, my he, gosh. Shark. How can we forget about shark man? Legs. This probably made me laugh the hardest in this film when he's he's just learning how to he's regaining his shape shifting powers because they have stolen the hook. We see him as a half human, half shark, just disaster. 
It looks like if you ever read the Animorph books on the cover, how it would transition. <laughs> he looks yeah, like he's right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually laughed uh, at that part of the movie. So I love. Yeah, that, that was great. It kind of reminded me of uh, the infamous left shark from the Katy Perry Super Bowl. <laughs> how come everyone on that island had like you know Western accents besides Moana's dad? Moana's dad is the only one with an accent on that island. Right. They had to. <laughs> They had everyone to else make sounds sure. like they just they were like just went to like some island and they lived in Long Island. You know what I mean? Like yeah, ev- everyone there was uh, might as well have been from Maryland. Who He's was like the one from the person. island. Yeah. <laughs> the slave factor. There's a possibility. Uh, oh. you think I think there's some slavery going on. You think? Uh, <laughs> you, think you think the island had slaves? I I think it, it could be a possibility. Just there's a lot of sort of social things that are kind of odd with the island. Um, I I think it's odd that Moana is teaching these fishermen how to fish. She's 16. Uh, She's 16 years old. Yeah. And she's telling professionals. She can't sail. Oh, did you put the traps over here? Put the traps over here. And these guys. It's not climate change. If they didn't know how to set a net. Maybe they're not catching fish because they, they're they just really bad at it. And there's not that many people on this island. So, you know, and they, there's some really impressive structures built. Wouldn't shock me. If maybe there they're more slaves. architects. That's, you're right on that. I will say it. We are led to believe that there are maybe 75 people tops that live on oh, this island. Tops. Tops. That is being generous. <laughs> there's no one here. She's the princess and going to be the chief, I guess, of someday. But... Of all of 25 of people. Who? Yeah, of, of 30 people. <laughs> uh, so, it's just like being the boss in like an office. Right. Just, I mean? <laughs> just taking as much control as you can of the little scenario that's been given to her. Um, let's let's just break down our superlatives. We've we've stretched this film out pretty far where we're hitting, hitting the, the upper limits of our time restraint here. We usually do Big Rock, Little World, which is where the rock looks unusually large compared to the setting around him? Uh, I would say that there's a few instances where he's on the island with Moana and he is just so much bigger than her. But I I guess I would say in that same scene, we get our moment of Big Rock Little World where he lifts up Moana's like uh, raft with one arm and holds right. it up above his head. I had to think that he specifically asked to put that into this movie because <laughs> there are so few instances where he gets to show off his physical strength that I, I have to believe that he said, Oh yeah, yeah. Just uh, make sure there's a, a shot of me lifting up something real heavy. <laughs> Throw it in there. I agree with you on that. There's, there wasn't a ton to choose from similar for our sweatiest scene. It's an animated movie. So it's hard to kind of pick a sweaty scene. He's shirtless the entire time. So he's never torso is barren for the entirety of this film. So I'm sure he is sweating and he is definitely shiny. You know, I think that the scene that, would imply the most amount of chest lubrication would be when his pecs were bouncing in that same that same sequence you described where he's singing to Moana. His pecs were out of control in this film. Well, I like how they took a few of the rock signatures, like the pec bounce and the eyebrow arch, and incorporated them into the movie. It was a nice touch to let, to remind you who was you know Who's the voice Maui, yeah. behind the character. And then the one liner. Like Malik said, it's a little hard to come up with a one-liner, best one-liner for The Rock, because this wasn't really a Dwayne Johnson movie. They, they weren't giving him full vehicle to just put these insane Girl Scout cookie, Daddy's Gotta Go to Work stuff. 
Yeah. Um, is it there anything not, that stuck out to you guys? There's a few weird lines that Maui says to Moana. I don't want to say he was hitting on her. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but he it was, was just definitely hitting on her. There was just an odd vibe to some of those lines. And I, I can't remember them specifically, but I remember the moment that I heard them. If this mythology is to be believed, he is thousands of years old. And she's 16. She's a 16-year-old girl. So it's a little inappropriate. Unless we forget, there is a sequence where he absolutely purposefully pees on her hand. All right, you said this. <laughs> I do not remember this at they are, all. In okay, the movie. I'm going to set the scene. They're on the raft. They've just escaped the coconut pirates. As they are leaving, one of the last coconut pirates shoots a blow dart. It hits Maui in his butt. Maui falls face forward on the raft. This is where we learn that Moana has literally no idea how to navigate. So Maui is trying to explain to her, like, this is how you're going to know where you're going. You have to look at the stars. And at one point he says, all right, put your hand in the water. And she does. And he goes, now, when your hand, when you feel the water get cold, then warm, and then cold again, that's how you know you're going the right way. So she has her hand in the water. And she goes, oh, I feel it. I'm feeling it. It's warm. It's cold. And then she looks back at him and he's making this goofy face. <laughs> that only someone who just purposefully peed on someone would Okay, make. so he's playing a practical joke on her. Sure, but again, she's a child, and it's he's just, pretty gross. It's just in the context of me saying that she that he hit on her, and then you saying, hey, <laughs> yeah. we just want to clarify that it, you know, it's not an R. Kelly sort of situation. No. Here. It, it must have been it's a joke. It's not a Russian dossier, Trump situation, <laughs> Moscow hotel. Like how a friend would pee on you. <laughs> <laughs> right, like a like a buddy. Is that a normal? Is that a normal thing for you, Malik? I, you know, <laughs> I've never had a friend pee on me. I have a lot of friends. Is all I'll say. Oh my <laughs> brag. Okay, I didn't get that. But as far as a one liner goes, one of my favorite, I think, in this this should win one liner is uh, he's trying to throw Moana off the raft so he can basically take it. So he's more or less trying to murder her, but he throws her overboard and he goes, oh. She's dead. Oh, well. <laughs> and he's like, goes about his day. And I really enjoyed that part. Well, she's dead. Okay, let's get my hook. This movie, we got to give it a rating. How many uh, stolen water hearts out of 10 uh, would y'all give this movie? I really enjoyed it. I thought The Rock was, you know, over the entire movie, he was the most enjoyable part. Like I said, I think Jermaine Clement stole the movie, but I really liked The Rock. I'm going to say this is an 8 out of 10. This is my number two behind Fast and Furious 6. I think I'm going to have to echo uh what charlie said i think I, i'd probably get it eight out of ten it's a, just an enjoyable fun movie and like i said you know it might not be what you would think as a rock movie but i think it's a fun movie that can you know if you're trying to post your children to the rock uh, and they're not wrestling fans this would be a good movie to show them all right well i have a different opinion <laughs> to me this movie scores somewhere between five and six stolen hearts uh of the water god <laughs> this movie is enjoyable for a child. This is not an enjoyable movie for a human <laughs> adult. And here's why. The songs, though catchy, are all that gives this movie any kind of redeeming factor. I still don't really understand the plot, the purpose, or why any of the things that in, that take place in this movie happen. I still don't understand what Maui's actual deal is. I don't – I just don't. I don't understand his backstory. I don't really understand where Moana goes from now. 
And I don't understand why the decision was made to make the water god and the fire god the same thing and why that couldn't have just been resolved in the first 15 I don't think film. that was a decision. I think that that is in Polynesian culture and in their mythology. They had to work within the constraints of the mythology, at least to a certain effect. And your point about this movie is just a movie for children with nothing for adults. I don't buy that because you know what movie was just a movie for children but not adults? The Tooth Fairy. Well, that and movie was a stinker. That one is worse. That I will give you that. This is worlds better than The Tooth Fairy. Yes, I mean, it is, but because it can be enjoyed by both adults and children, whereas The Tooth Fairy basically was only for children. You know, you put a big guy in a tutu, uh, add some magic in, uh, and, and a little bit of action, and you're going to keep a kid entertained, even if there's nothing of substance there. This movie had substance. Uh, it was a, a feminist movie, and it, it gives children credit for being able to keep up with a complicated plot. plot line, yeah. and it trusts that children will be able to do that. And for that reason, this movie deserves a lot of respect and admiration. So that's Moana. You definitely have to check it out. It is a, it is an enjoyable film. There is good music in it. Definitely worth a watch. It's I'd say it's, it's definitely on the better side of a lot of the movies we're going to end up reviewing on this podcast. But before we go, there is a very important thing we have to do, and that is announce the winner of the very first Suns Out, Guns Out tank top giveaway. We had a ton of great uh, entrants to this, a lot of people with some really creative stuff on Twitter and Facebook. But in the end, there could only be one winner. Yeah, and that winner is Nick Cholowa. Nick, you're my boy. You wrote us a, a post. You talked about where you'd wear your tank top, and you have won. So uh, we'll get in touch with you. We'll be looking to ship your uh, your shirt that direction. Thanks to everyone who entered, who followed us, who gave us a shout-out on Twitter or Facebook. And we'll be having another giveaway here pretty soon. Get on iTunes and leave us a review. It's the number one thing that you can do as fans of Rock Talk to help us out. We don't want money. We don't want anything other than an iTunes review. Well, that just about does it for us at Rock Talk. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, of course, Charlie, as always, and to our great friend Malik for coming on the show. Now, jabronis, don't you worry, because we'll be back in just a few short weeks, and we'll see you then.